Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam and Jacob Ross, a game writer whose credits include Kaigaku. And today he's here to talk about his new Kickstarter. So, uh, Jacob, why don't you just tell us, you know, what what the uh, Samurai Dice thing is all about? Uh, Okie dokie. So, if you know Yahtzee, Farkle, Shut the Box, any of those games, you can pretty much already halfway play Samurai Dice. Uh, It's like Yahtzee, but with some RPG elements, combat, leveling up, and very pretty pictures of Samurai. Um, I'm also designing a bunch of products that go with it. I released an adventure for it this morning that's compatible with uh, Black Hack and other OSR RPGs, as well as Samurai Dice, to kind of get a more versatile function from it. So... Yeah, I was intrigued by that because when I first saw Samurai Dice, I was like, "Oh, it's like a like a like a board game dice game type thing." But then when I said you have an adventure, I was wondering, "Oh, is this like is this deeper than just like a regular board game?" And I, I wasn't sure is it is that like an is that like a is that like connective tissue between the 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 dice game and and your RPG line, or is that is that actually part of it? Well, they, they're two separate products, but I want a lot of crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that if you play RPGs, you know, you get extra use. It's like a, a bonus from the game stuff. Um, in, in this game, you start out with a team of four heroes, choose four bad guys, and uh, start rolling. Um, the adventure set came with four new heroes and five villains, um, plus a new faction and scenario card. Mm-hmm. And it was very much inspired by Street Fighter 2. Okay. <laughs> Now, is it um, so? But it sounds like you're emulating a lot of RPG stuff in this game, like that. Like, like, is it is it have sort of like a hero quest runebound type uh, type thing where you're sort of getting that? Like, if like if I can't get my regular gaming group together, this might be a good option for me for for getting a quick role playing like uh, evening or very quick, yeah, per game. Um, if you play by yourself. You can get a game done in 10 to 20 minutes, but uh, every time your character or one of your characters defeats a bad guy, they get to level up, and it could be healing, it could be doing extra damage, or uh, looting the body, because most of the villains have special one-time loot that you can use as abilities. Okay. Okay, so, you, so your characters are progressing, like you said, they're right. like leveling up. and Okay, that's pretty interesting. I, I like... Uh... Because it, 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 to me, like, I don't play that many board games and stuff, but when I do, I tend to prefer the ones that are, like, a replacement for for my RPG nights. And so... Right. Like, I like the, the Firefly board game because it tells a story, and you can... Mm-hmm. Um, this, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. Um, and originally, the game didn't have cards. I had all the character information on a sheet of paper... And there was a score sheet like with Yahtzee. But I got to thinking that a letter-sized piece of paper, one, it was ugly um, but functional. But you're printing off a lot of sheets. So instead what I'm doing is putting some really fantastic art on these cards and printing them off on uh, UV-coated stock. The box is small. It's like 3.5 by 5 inches. But it comes with a dry erase marker. So you can write on the cards as you get damage, use your abilities, loot, whatever, and then just wipe it off when you're done. Oh, okay. All right. So, and, and, and so are the, are all the cards character cards or are there other types of cards in the game? 
There are. Um, at the basic, most basic, you can just play four characters versus four enemies. Um, you can play it solo. It's the same experience solo or with more people. The, mm-hmm. the box comes with enough for two people, but, you know, extra boxes, extra players. But there are faction cards and scenario cards. Um, if you're playing against someone, you're probably not going to want to use a scenario because they can kind of limit what you do. But, like, the faction cards will target... Uh, the one in the box is for Ronin unaligned samurai so uh and two of the characters are them you can you can get a little bonus to your ronin characters the uh the new adventure master hoshi's tournament has one for all sorts of martial artists as opposed to like a certain clan okay um and then there are two decks strife and story you don't have to use the strife and story in the basic game but uh every turn if you're playing solo, you draw two strife cards, pick one to face, um, or your opponent draws two and picks one for you to face. And then the the character you target with that is the one that you have to use for either attacking or for drawing a story card, which is usually conditional but might have a beneficial um, effect. Mm-hmm. And what do the and, story cards do? Uh, story cards, there's, there's like uh, one, it's, you know... A, roadside in you can stop for your turn and rest and see how much you might heal um or there's one it's a dojo there's a a remote possibility of leveling up without having to take a bad guy out um but if you're playing a competitive game especially every turn that you use a story card is one that you're not attacking so your opponent might get an advantage by taking out more of his villains okay okay and the in the adventure, I I, I I know I asked this before. I just want to make sure I understand the the adventure. Does that that does work with the dice game though, right? Like you have adventures for the dice game itself. Right. Yeah. So um, that one that I released, it's an eleven page PDF. Uh, the first several pages are um, background, uh, pre-gen PC bios, villain bios, and kind of a a short summary of the events. I try when I write RPG adventures to make them as open-ended as possible because mm-hmm. I don't like... And then the last few pages are a list of cards. There's a scenario card that lays out um, how you'll play the game differently if you want to run through this adventure. Mm-hmm. There's a faction card um, that makes your martial artists easier to use. And then the pre-gen PCs get cards for the samurai dice adventure and the the villains get their own cards okay so but it's kind of like i'm getting like an evening of of adventure or story with this i'm not it's i'm, I'm not i'm not I'm, it doesn't sound to me like i'm just playing a uh uh you know a board game here i'm uh there, yeah. there's there's something else going on yeah story is um to me as big a consideration as rules okay okay and w- what uh like i guess how what's been the sort of design and play test process for this uh, well uh, the inspiration struck me i've been trying all of june to really come up with something good and it finally hit me when we were on vacation so <laughs> i uh i spent some of my evenings on vacation uh, writing it up and then i i made sure first that it works solo and then i got my my buddies in on group Okay. We got um, something that I think really works well for fast play. It's it's one of those ones where, uh, like my friend, as soon as we were done playing, 
he wanted to play another game and he wanted to play three in a row um, because it's, it's, you know, that easy and you can always think of different ways to, to do things. Yeah, no, it, uh, it's, it sounds, it sounds very, uh, uh, I don't know. It just sounds like, it, like, again, like I, I don't have much to draw on here, but, but that sort of the games that I would go to, uh, when I'm sort of in the mood for role playing, but I don't necessarily have a group together or something, or I want to maybe get, get be more concise with my time so i could i could uh it sounds like you could play a game what was the time frame that you gave for this like uh 10 to 20 minutes solo okay um, and how long for a group of people uh when it's a two-player game like maybe half an hour when mm-hmm. you're worth something who hasn't played before okay um, yeah that's always good when you're doing a substitute game for a rpg anyway i mean i find a lot of times having those quick games means that you get a few games in, which means other people, you know, if somebody gets off to a bad start, the sec, you know, because they've never played before, they've got the second game to actually, you know, know what's going on. Like you said, your friends saying they immediately wanted to play again. You get that I, a lot. Yeah, I, I, by the skin of my teeth, won the first game. <laughs> in the second game. And was was there any particular source of inspiration for the? You said, I mean, you said that it eventually came to you over vacation. Was there something that triggered it, or was it just sort of it had to take time to to come together in your head? It, it had to take time to come together in my head because what I was trying to do is something where it would have been a lot easier to just make this a uh, you know a one on one competitive game, but I had to have rules that simulated the enemy actions without your opponent your human mm-hmm. opponent taking them. So I finally settled on a pool of 5d6. Uh, one's blue, one's red, and three are white. You throw them all at once. The blue die is you. The red die is your enemy. If the red die is higher than the blue die, um, the, uh, all the bad guys have an ability, and it activates. And usually the degree that it's higher than you, the red than the blue, makes their abilities more lethal or harder to overcome. Mm-hmm. And then the three white dice, uh, those represent how well you did um, in combat. So any that roll equal to or under than the blue dice are damaged to the enemy. If they roll above the blue die, then they're damaged to you. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, that, and that would be... Is that mechanism in place both for solo play and for group play? Right. Um, it is. So you and your opponent, unless you want to play a variant, because that you know does exist, um, are both going after your own track of bad guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, in competitive play, the big um, actions that you take against your opponent are um, setting up which strife cards... To send against them and as we expand more content for the game i have a, a set of more competitive rules where uh, your strife deck is what affects your opponent um and you select the enemies for him to have to fight and he selects the ones for you to have to fight and uh and i guess just so people have a visual what's the what's the what is the game going to contain when, when when it's available okay um the base game right now has eight hero cards, eight enemy cards. And for fairness of play, it's got uh, two sets of each of the four heroes and two sets of each of the eight enemies. Um, So that when you're beginning, 
uh, Nolan saying, oh, that's not fair. You know, you got this character and I, I got stuck with this guy. Um, and then it's going to have a single strife deck and a single story deck that each person draws from both times, uh, uh, a common deck for each, plus two faction cards and two of the scenario cards. Uh, oh, yeah, and the dry erase marker and the dice. Okay, okay. And so, and, and, and the dry erase markers for tracking, like, health and things like that, or... Um... Yeah, it just eliminates the need to print out score sheets mm-hmm. or write things down. Uh, in playtesting, we were using before we had the cards made up. That actually is what took up most of our time, is writing out new score sheets and keeping track of things. Mm-hmm. So it just makes, it's more of an analog computer type situation where you have more um easy, easy access to your information now what kind of material did you have to because i would imagine that with with dry erase markers the material of the cards becomes quite important so did you have to like find the right material for for the cards to yeah. be printed on yeah this stuff um is i had to opt for the the high quality um card stock itself mm-hmm. and for the coding so that it kind of makes them more expensive, but you can use them forever. They're more uh, more like what you would get in a, a poker deck, mm-hmm. as opposed to what you might get in a in a Pokemon card set. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. And they they have minimal. Um, or one thing I like about them is that when I write RPG scenarios, the HP. Their, their health listed in the upper right corner. If you're playing an RPG, uh, if you had enough of these cards, you could hand them out as NPCs and their their health mm. rating HD. That that's really good actually because I remember the um, uh, back in the '90s they had those D and D cards. I don't know if you guys remember those. I do. But, yeah. but I used to use those for my NPCs all the time because it was just I would I would put a hole in them and put them on a ring, and so I would totally do that. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I uh, I used to run over the edge, and that was the on the edge card game for over the edge. So I would that, that was like all the NPCs for the game, and that so it was kind of like my random. You walk into the bar, who's there? You know, flip over the cards. And so these fun. cards, you could use them in a Kaigaku game. Is that? Yeah, because um, it's a black hack variant, mm-hmm. um, and NPCs. If you know their their hit dice, that's all you need to know for them because there's tables that, you know. 8HD does X amount of damage per turn when they attack, and they have X amount of armor. Um, so for Black Hack, HD is all you need, plus any flavor abilities. Okay. And so I guess you could really use these for any Black Hack game, really, right? Or oh, yeah, it... easy. Okay. And then, um, what is it? Swords and Wizardry? Swords and Wizardry that White Star mm-hmm. is based on? Mm-hmm. Um, White Star has a similar thing where, you know, the the two-hit bonus, the saving throw, the AC, those all key off of the HD rating. Okay. So you could use them for White Star or Swords and Wizardry and that kind of thing. And uh, and, it, and it's the same setting between the two uh, the two games, or is it a different yeah, setting for this one? Because um, one thing I want to do is I, li- I liked the art from the initial book, the initial two books. Um, but I wanted to to go with a different direction than this. Like, if you've seen the pictures of the dice cards, um, what I have so far is all on the Kickstarter page. 
but they're they're very painterly. Yeah, they 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 have. Are they like oil paints? Is that the? Uh... I think they're digital paints. Okay. Um, the artist for this works incredibly fast. He gets them. He has a three day turnaround oh, for wow. each image. Mm. It's insane. Um, if we start to hit our goal for funding, I'm going to talk to him, and we might have the rest of the set ready before the money comes in. Okay. Yeah, the art the art really does look great on this one. Um, I'm yeah, really happy with it, and I want to be able to. These characters will show up in books later too, so it gets kind of double use from them. Mm-hmm. For no, instance, I've, um, uh, the main set, the story of it. If you if you go to the Kickstarter page, you see this, uh, the first image, and then when you scroll down too, there's an elderly guy in a red robe with dragons on it. Mm-hmm. A fan. That's the bad guy, Lord Miura. And then the guy who looks like Mitsurugi from Soul Calibur. No copyright infringement. <laughs> um, he's, the, he's the main hero. He's actually an NPC from the Kaigaku Core book who is looking to avenge the destruction of his clan. Uh-huh. And so in this set, everyone is his... Uh, the heroes are his allies and the enemies are lord miura's henchman and i want to write a rpg supplement about that too about storming his castle okay okay so so you'll still so you'll be kind of going back and forth between this and the kagaku line it sounds like right yeah um in the most recent campaign for kagaku i put out a generator a dungeon generator um, which i had originally written up for another system that i hadn't published yet because it's still in development but that's going to be the book version of it. But I'm also going to put out a card deck that you can use either with Samurai Dice or with any other RPG where you're drawing runes and making a dungeon from the cards. Um, and the, the tasks, the puzzles, the traps, the enemies, they're going to be written in a way that if you're playing Samurai Dice or if you're playing Kaigaku, either way, uh, it works with that game. Okay. Yeah, because I noticed in Kaigaku you have a lot of cool like randomizing elements um, i'm I, I love random <laughs> elements in games i mean uh you know let's see uh, l5r or traveler you know they have the heritage tables and the the life paths i just yeah. i like random tables a lot no i'm i'm with you i'm with you i like the court enemies in particular for some reason mm-hmm. um you know that that i thought was was pretty oh pretty yeah good. the enemy generators yeah yeah um that was too because I don't get to play. I'm always the GM. It's my wife and our friend Bethany mm-hmm. in our playgroup, and I like to just be able to have it easy. You know, if if, if they go off because they will, I might have something planned. I just want to be able to throw some dice and come up with something like fast. No, and that that's... that that looked like that's exactly what I was thinking. Like th- this stuff. It... Because, I mean, there's random tables and there's random tables. And when I was looking at these, <laughs> they were the kind of random tables where I could easily see generating adventure material in the, you know, on the fly as I need to. And, and I, you know, the court, the court enemy one really struck out at me in, in that respect. So, like, oh, yeah, I could totally, you know, they show up at, uh, you know, at some high official's house. And now just a roll on the table, I kind of know what's going on. 
and right yeah 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 yeah, I'd say with Kaigago too. I I run like a modified version of BX Dungeons and Dragons, and I I I tend to lean a lot on you know rolling under attributes with a D twenty, which which Black Hack and, and Kaigago do. And it's like reading Kaigago, I'm like, even if you don't play Kaigago, there's just so much cool stuff I could just rip off for my BX game out of that. Awesome. Yeah, um, that's I I had heard about Black Hack in the last year. I cracked it open and I was almost crying at how how easy the system is. Was, <laughs> I know. My wife and her friend Bethany, well our friend Bethany, they knew that I write for games and stuff and they were like, come on, let's let's play one, let's play one. And I was I was thinking, oh, they, they don't know how long it takes to make a character. Mm-hmm. But I found Black Pack and the first game of Kaigaku actually um, they each made their PCs in five minutes. Yeah. And yeah. the setting came almost whole cloth in that first play session. With <laughs> I, the Black Hack is a brilliant system. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I'm big on games with uh, with five minute character generation at the moment. It just it's it's just really satisfying. Well, it's great if your character dies. It's a very easy way to get right back in the game too. Uh, yeah, fun. yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah no i just i'm just uh i was just curious because you know there, there, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there and i like that these two things are connected like that i feel like that's um i don't know i think it's nice that i can sort of if i if i'm if i'm running one i might be able to to, to draw on the other even if i'm not using that do you know what i mean so uh, yeah um, yeah that's that's actually one of my design goals with it so and and yeah, and so and this is going to be an ongoing thing too, right? This is like you're going to release the Kickstarter, but it sounds like you might have more things coming out after after the Kickstarter's oh, yeah. done. Yeah, um, let's see. We've got the main set. There's that uh, dungeon generator deck, which is going to be like a 52 cards plus two of rules, so you can use this poker deck if you want. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, like the that Master Hoshi's tournament, the, the scenario is art free. Um, I would love to create art for those characters um then there are like each of the clans in kaigaku i want to make a faction card and then a set of heroes for them um and then i have several other adventure scenarios now, that i yeah, outlined now what i i have to ask about the tournaments because i have a i have a player who loves tournaments and demands <laughs> that i make tournament adventures every so okay. often in my games and i and i just did a tournament module myself and i'm just curious how you approached it and and uh and w- just like what what angle you took with 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 doing a tournament for it okay um so tournament things they can be a little there, there can be a problem with them because what do you do if the players get knocked out in the first round <laughs> yeah. so um there's this very obscure film that no one's probably heard of where this government agent has to go to a martial arts tournament and investigate the criminal running it. Oh, it's, it's like... Enter the, uh, enter the Dragon? Yeah, no, I'm just being... Oh, okay. Everyone heard of it. No, um, I, I, I take people very literally sometimes, so my apologies. <laughs> no, but... So I, I use that angle because even if the players get um, knocked out of the fight, the next night or that night, they can go and investigate the bad guy's laboratory, and they can still get a climax from that. Um, mm-hmm. But generally, so there's four pre-generated PCs, and they each, besides one of them, have a, a connection to the bad guy. 
and then there's um, he's got four minions. And so if you've got a four-person team, you can pair one character with each of the minions in the first round. Um, and then there's an event for, like, the first night, assuming you beat one of the minions, they're going to get kind of angry and try and get revenge on you. And that introduces the PCs to how powerful the main bad guy is because he does that whole thing, you know, where the villain kills their henchman for stepping out of line. Okay, um, yep, yep. So the, there's there's flavor events through between the, the matches. Okay, okay, that's interesting. So, so you kind of, you sprinkled, um, like, adventure material between the, between the fights themselves. Right. Yeah, that's... Um, oh, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, well, yeah, just... There, well, there's two. There's the, the henchman getting angry, and it can be... I, I wrote different results for how the different henchmen would do it. So the the girl assassin who uses claws and is totally not Vega, uh, or Balrog, is, um, you know, she'll attack you when you're sleeping, but the the big sumo wrestler dude will flip the table and come right at you at dinner. Time. <laughs> okay. That kind of deal. So... Yeah, no, I just, and, and this one's going to be a, you said this is going to be an art-free adventure, or it's going to be? It's, well, it's out now, and I didn't, um, I don't have the art budget for what I want for it right now, because I want pieces for each of the PCs, and or NPCs, and bad guys, and so forth, uh, full color, just like what you see with these cards. Mm-hmm. So for now, you know, it's print and play, you can play it at home, um, all the material that exists besides my notes for samurai dice you can you can print out for free even though the the, the campaign's still going on it just doesn't have the art associated with it okay so that's easier on your printer too and, and what's the name of the tournament adventure just so if people do want to check it out they can they can easily find it oh uh master hoshi's tournament master hoshi's tournament okay well t- i'll put a link at the bottom of the podcast along with the samurai dice um i i, I know at least one player in my group that <laughs> That, that that I could probably uh, use that for. So, um, but yeah, I, no, the I, tournaments are tricky. They're a very tricky thing to run. I found I, I enjoy them, but uh, but they but they, they I, I definitely am always interested in how other GMs have approached them because I've I found that they can have uh, pitfalls. Yeah, you've got to really vary the the enemies. You know, they each have to be like distinct personalities, distinct appearances. Um, cause that's what, you know, it's a series of one-on-one combats, so they each have to be different. Yeah. If they're all the same, it gets boring really fast. Like I, I, I you, you learn that the hard way if you're running, uh, if you're running tournament games and haven't thought that through, um, it's, I, I kind of take like a pro wrestling approach, I guess, where I just sort of try yes. to think of the, what's the, what's the one thing that really screams at you when you see this person. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, th- I think making them, making them pop and then maybe connecting that that character quality to whatever they do fighting wise is also kind of important. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know, but they're fun. One, you know, I, I, I wouldn't normally have run tournaments if, except for this player's interest in them, but, but they can, they can be a really fun, uh, uh, adventure structure. Yeah. yeah. So no, like one fellow is a wear gorilla and one of the ladies, you know, and he'll transform mid match if you hurt him enough. One lady, you know, she's a she's a ninja who's illegally using poison under her fingernails and so forth. The wear gorilla sounds like it would be a really nice surprise. Like I'd be I'd be really <laughs> waiting waiting for that to to emerge during play as a GM. That would be 
uh, it would be fun knowing that's coming up. If but, you if you have players who speak Japanese, you have to change his name because it's Ozaru. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I, I I used to run Warhammer Fantasy roleplay for like several people that all took German class, and there were so many plot points ruined by the names in that game. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had no idea. They're like, "Oh, really?" It's just <laughs> I was oblivious. Yeah, one of my one of my players on the uh, in our in our Lucia game is a is a translator, so. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. So, so not only not only does it ruin things, but he'll correct me if I if, I, if, I, if, I, if I'm not accurate. So sometimes I'll just send him an email like, "Does this name look right to you?" And but uh, but yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. So uh, when when uh, what what is the time frame here for for the Kickstarter? Uh, um, we, we finish funding in 25 days. Mm-hmm. We need about. Four thousand bucks left to finish it. Um, if that's about at story edition, a hundred backers uh, left to make it, but we can easily do that. I'm just trying to get the word out. <laughs> no, that's a, 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 that's the thing. That's always the thing with these. I think I think this is something I I haven't really seen too many things like this float by my feed. So I think that this is unique enough that. Uh, that you should be able to kind of stand out among the crowd, but uh, um, but you know, hopefully, hopefully we can get people uh, get some eyes on the on the Kickstarter here, and I'm sure you're going to be around a number of venues getting the word out. But uh, but I don't know. It looks cool to me. I uh, I um, I think I think that this. I, I also think that something like I, I like that it's uh, like I said. Oop, did we? Uh, we lost Jacob. We just lost yes. Jacob. Uh oh. I must wow. have been stuttering too long for... Let's see if we can get him back in. Yeah. Uh, catastrophe uh, has struck us on the podcast. Today. <laughs> it's Ugh. the worst thing that could happen. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, uh, the the language thing, man. I have I have run aground on that. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. You know, like... Um, I, I like it. I like having players in my group that can... Like... I, w- I think when you're a GM, especially if it's a game that deals with samurai or Chinese stuff or whatever, or any yeah. kind of cultural thing, you kind of want to be the smartest guy in the room who knows everything. Like you feel like that's your role. <laughs> but I realize that nobody cares. Like nobody, no, nobody gets any enjoyment out of you being the smartest guy in the room. They get enjoyment yeah. out, of, out of a fun game. And so I'd much rather that I defer to Jeremy or defer to this person or that person and ask them, to, to fill in whatever gaps I have in my knowledge so that I can make the game better. Do you know what I mean? I agree. So, oh, I agree completely. I, you know, I, it's, yeah, worrying about your players figuring you don't know everything out is, is ridiculous because you're usually playing with your friends and your friends already know you're not perfect. So who are you trying to fool? Yeah, I know. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, so I'm just, I'm just, uh, rummaging around for jacob here i'm seeing if i can find oh him, yeah, we'll keep talking and, and and we'll we'll keep going but yeah uh, as i was saying earlier though i think i think kaigaku is it's it's just a good general anyone using a simpler version of D like bx or or you know white box i think can get a lot of value out of this out of this game even if you're not going to be playing the black hack specifically it's uh yeah it's, no and i 
I, I really did like those those random encounter sections in there were were really leaping out at me as stuff that I would use in my own games. Like I could I could uh, I'm you know, I could see using this in in some of the stuff I'm running, even though mm-hmm. it's a different system. Uh, this is you know really usable. Um, yeah, yeah, they're quick. And what's getting those 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 encounter tables you're talking about? Those are totally system free so you know they're they're good for anyone playing anything with this feel to it and uh but yeah so um but let's see here let's see if we can get jacob back so i don't know if we are going to get jacob back we might have uh we might have uh, lost him we may have lost him um it could be a laptop battery situation something like that where he's just gone but But. we got we got like 30 minutes of conversation so i think we got a lot of uh a lot of (laughs) intel from him uh, what I'll do is I will um, I will post links to the to the Kickstarters that we were talking about. The name of the Kickstarter is Samurai Dice. Um, uh, it's uh, it's 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 a really interesting looking game, and 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 you know I, I think that uh, if if you like if you like Asian flavored uh, games, if you like if, in particular samurai stuff, uh, definitely check it out. And, uh, and, you know, uh, I, I think that, uh, I'm sure he'll get his funding, uh, without our help, but, but I think that, um, uh, I definitely would like to, you know, contribute in the way that we can by hosting the, uh, the game on the podcast. So, so, all right. So I guess, I guess we're not going to get Jacob back. It looks like it might've actually, your theory might've been correct. I just got a message that, uh, that, that, that Uh. lends a little bit of credibility to, to the battery theory, but we will find out. And, uh, we'll get to the bottom of this yeah. by next episode and report yeah. back to the listeners. Yeah, we'll let them know. And so I guess, <laughs> oh, tomorrow we're doing Babylon 5, right? It just crept up. Tomorrow is Babylon 5. It's already upon us. Oh, my yeah. God. I got to sit down. and I got to watch so much stuff this week. It's ridiculous. I got to watch Babylon 5. I got to watch five Shaw Brother movies. and Five another, Shaw Brother five movies. Five Shaw Brother movies and another one. Well, I got to rewatch Shaw Brother movies that I already know the plots to, but... I, I, so, I don't want to sound like an idiot when I'm talking about them and forget the character's name or something. So, Yeah, um, but uh, and as I foolishly excluded myself from last week's episode, I have no idea what movie I'm supposed oh, to be watching yeah, no, for Friday. No, no worries. We're not doing five Shaw Brother movies. Okay, you have me uh, worried. No, no, no. Like, no, wow, no, marathon. No, no, this Friday We're is... We're going to do um, like a five-hour episode. But, I forget. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going I'm to check with uh, Lady Chow Fung because she picked it. I don't want to... There were two movies we were talking about that were related and I don't want to accidentally say the wrong one and, and, and send you off watching the wrong movie. But um, uh, yeah, I'd never do that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but um, but I but I think that uh, um, uh, it, it, it'll be it, it's a good one. It's sort of like a classic kung fu type type film. And uh, excellent. But on top of that, I got to watch five other Shaw Brothers movies because I got to write something, and it's something yeah. I really want to write. I'm excited to do it, but it's a uh, it's a little bit of a it's... little bit of a narrow time frame for uh, for viewing the things. So. And like I said, I could write it without rewatching them, but I, to me, that's like I don't like to to talk about something or write about something that I saw a year ago. Do you know what I mean? I like to have it fresh. I understand. Head. Yeah, it gets away from you sometimes. So, but yeah, so sorry. Well, we have to thank Jacob for coming onto the podcast. I was hoping to have him for a while yeah. because the conversation was just getting to that point where we were going to like sort of relax and talk about gaming in general and stuff. So. Um, well, we'll, but, we'll have him back hopefully. Okay, so. but uh, all right. So, <laughs> so 
We will let you go. Check out the Kickstarter, and we'll talk to you later.